because it's time for SummerSlam! You're listening to... What's the name of this show? Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Source Radio. Brett screwed Brett. This is Hold one. Andre. I did it for The Rock. Bishop, you turn the camera off and I'll be naked when you come back. Yahtzee. You're welcome. Oh, oh, oh. It is Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963, and I'm calling it SummerSlam Super Duper Fest. Yeah, that's right, uh, SummerSlam tomorrow morning uh, on the WWE Network. I think it's either about 9am or 10am Australian time. Google it to double check. But to talk all things SummerSlam 2020 tomorrow, and to wrap up what happened today with uh, NXT TakeOver, I'm joined by one half of the Wide Water Wrestling Podcast and the Reliving the War Podcast on the Grey Wolf Network. It is a big hello and welcome to Simon Tackler. Hello. It's great to be back. Absolutely. SummerSlam, the biggest party of the year, I think the WWE like to call it. Yeah, the biggest party of the summer, but the biggest party of their summer. It's our winter, so, you know, they should rebrand it for the other half of the world. Winter Slam and, you know, know, like when you get movies that have different (laughs) titles in Australia, like Flying High is airplane and you know stuff like that just change it for us or could it be like autumn slam or you know or spring slam well that's maybe too close to spring stampede bring bring (laughs) back spring stampede damn it why not so nxt takeover i think it was nxt takeover 30 if i uh, stand corrected but um i guess the the collision of worlds which wwe likes to do especially in the world of uh, nfl i believe uh Pat McAfee, uh, am I saying that name correct? Uh, former NFL player, he has his podcast, uh, got into some shenanigans with uh, Adam Cole, former NXT champion, and uh, they tore the house down. Yeah, I, absolute match of the night in my book. Pat McAfee and Adam Cole tore the house down. This might have been, I think I said it a few years ago, Ronda Rousey had the best sort of non-wrestler debut ever. This is up there. I think he gave Ronda a run for her money. This was an excellent match. You can't give all the credit to Adam Cole as great as he is. Pat McAfee held his own. Great athlete. Amazing promo last week on NXT too. And he carried that charisma in the ring as well. I hope he sticks around for more wrestling because he's definitely not a Mongo. You know, he's better than Kevin Green. Like if we're talking NFL guys, he even gave LT a run for his money. So when it comes to NFL players... Pat McAfee killed it. But there was a little bit of controversial. Uh, I mean, he, he leaked some video. I mean, he leaked or he tweeted some uh, videos of his training, potentially kind of giving away a little bit of the surprise, not protecting the biz, as they used to say in the olden days. Yeah, this is just something that stuck with me. I think WWE might have even used the footage on NXT, you know, to promote the match. But him in training, he showed that he could do the backflip off the top rope and land on his feet. And he also showed that he could... Shelton Benjamin style jump straight to the top rope in uh, one fell swoop. And I thought that gave away the spot of the match. It was meant to be sort of the show-stopping moment where he gets pushed off the top, lands off his feet, and then in one motion basically jumps right to the top and hits a superplex. It was still absolutely amazing. Um, but oh, it just killed me the fact that I already knew he could do it, you know? We all want to be shocked, like, oh, my God, didn't you just see what he did? It's like, yeah, I know he can do it. 
Well, I'm not really a big fan of Pat McAfee because he's in bed with the Collingwood Football Club. They sent him over some jerseys <laughs> or some merchandise. Yep. And to be honest, it's good uh, publicity or good uh, PR for the Collingwood Magpies. They seem to latch on to these sporting uh, celebrity folk. And uh, But uh, no, I cannot like him if he's wearing the black and white of the Collingwood uh, Football Club. Well, that's perfect because I feel like they figured it out early on once that segment aired on his talk show that, nah, everyone hates this dude. Let's make him a heel. So you have, you know, you got full range to just boo him. That was NXT TakeOver, but let's uh, look forward to tomorrow with SummerSlam 2020. Uh, I believe, where where is this actually happening? Because it's the whole Thunderdome thing, uh, you know, with the faces on the screen, people, you know, they, they're in a lottery and they can watch a feed and you can see their face. Some people have been falling asleep or some people threatening to show their privates or do something very <laughs> rude. Um, where, where's this SummerSlam happening this year? So they've built the Thunderdome, which is this amazing state-of-the-art 360 3D set, but it's inside of an arena. It's inside the Amway Center uh, in Florida. So it's an arena in an arena, like a babushka doll. So Kind of like Inception? Yes, exactly. Is this really <laughs> happening or is it the show in the show? We don't know. Well, uh, number two, according to Wikipedia, we've got Drew McIntyre, the Universal Champion, taking on Randy Orton for the, uh, uh, correction, the WWE Championship. I'm getting my titles mixed up there. Who would have thought? Um, But I'm going to make a bold prediction. Randy Orton will walk away WWE Champion. What says you, Simon? I think Randy Orton is on the run of a lifetime. This guy's had multiple peaks in his career, and I think we're going through arguably the best one in some ways Mm. from a character and promo standpoint. Um, the amazing feud with Edge, which has rolled into this legend killer thing leading to a world title match. Mm. Randy Orton. So August 2020, Randy Orton is the wrestler of the year so far. Who would have thought? He's killing it again. Um, I wouldn't be be surprised and I wouldn't be disappointed if he won. I'm a big fan of Orton. You know, I'm not going to say anything bad about him as a talent. Um, Drew McIntyre, though, feels like... He needs more. Like, does it sort of take the wind out of his sails to lose? Well, this is... uh, I'm always a big proponent for um, the chase, the baby face chasing the title, uh, working against or coming up against all odds and winning. And I kind of feel... I mean, if, say, this pandemic didn't happen, it could be a completely different scenario. But I obviously think... WrestleMania win in the Performance Center. While, yes, he did beat Brock Lesnar, uh, kind of did take uh, the wind out of his sails a little bit, not in front of a live crowd. I mean, there's plenty of people watching, of course, but I feel getting to this point in SummerSlam, it's either you drop it and then sort of chase again or they go in a completely different direction or however Vince feels at the time. But I feel the money's in the chase and I feel someone like a, a heel like Randy Orton could be that good foil for one Drew McIntyre. Although, although, oh my God, why have I not fantasy booked this yet? Let's do this as we always do. We go out there. Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, you'll never see it coming. I think the red herring so far, everyone's predicting that Ric Flair wasn't really hurt by Randy Orton and he'll be turning on Drew McIntyre. That's what everyone's talking about. That's the big sort of prediction. Mm. You'll never see it coming. What you'll never see coming is Edge returning and costing Randy Orton the match. 
because Randy Orton, Randy Orton thinks he's got it up his sleeve. He thinks he's got one over on Drew having mm. Ric Flair be the setup. Drew McIntyre knows this. It's double jeopardy type thing. Drew knows that Ric Flair's in on it, but what Randy doesn't know is that Edge, like he has done previously, he's the ultimate opportunist. Edge will be dressed up as a cameraman. The referee will be down. Ric Flair will cheat and low blow Drew. Everyone's going to say, oh my God, Randy's going to steal the win. Cameraman puts the camera down, spears Orton, and Drew picks up the win. You'll never see it coming. Now, one I am looking forward to, Dominic Mysterio with Rey Mysterio taking on Seth Rollins in a street fight. Yeah, this is one I'm looking forward to the most as well. Uh, you know, for both of us being sort of long-time WWE fans, we've seen Dominic Mysterio grow up. Mm. Um, Eddie and Ray fought for custody over Dominic. <laughs> and then CM Punk with the Straight Edge Society sort of harassed the Mysterio family and targeted Dominic and his sister and Ray's wife. We've seen Dominic so much. We saw Brock Lesnar beat the dirt out of poor Dominic last year. And now Dominic's gotten to the point where he's having his first official match. And as happenstance would have it, it's at SummerSlam on the 15th anniversary of his custody being fought for. So would you look at that? I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be I'll tell you what, uh, Vince Russo booking right here, you know, Dominic and uh, Seth Rollins are going to beat each other up. You know, Mysterio is kind of in the background there, but there's going to become a moment where, you know, maybe um, Seth Rollins is all set up to be hit with the kendo stick and, you know, Ray's egging him on. And then all of a sudden Dominic looks back at Ray and starts hitting Ray with the uh, kendo stick doing a big swerve and even gets out the uh, the contract from 2005 with the, what was it, the custody and rips it up and turns heel and joins Seth Rollins and Murphy. I love it. Yeah, that's sort of where we went on the wide world of wrestling with our prediction this week as well. So I like your touch of ripping up the custody paper and they can, you know, get a close up of him saying, you're not my dad. And, you know, he throws it in Ray's face and then he lies down, lets Seth pin him. So this is where we went, the next step. He gets Seth to have the win as a sacrifice to, you know, to the Monday Night Messiah. Mm -hmm. Ray is so torn up about this that Ray walks away from wrestling. And Ray Mysterio, for a few years now, has been doing a little bit of Shawn Michaels, overly dramatic, like really heavy storylines, which I love. And I think he should retire because he can't believe that his son turned on him. But then Dominic keeps talking trash. Dominic is influenced by Seth. Royal Rumble time comes. Seth Rollins with Dominic, with Murphy. They're throwing everyone out. They're teaming up. And then, would you believe it, Ray's music hits. Oh, my God, Ray's back. And look where he's going to enter the Royal Rumble. He throws out Dominic, throws out Seth, and then, you know, maybe gets cheated and taken out too. Then we get to WrestleMania. Ray Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. If Ray loses, he loses the mask and he has to retire. And then at WrestleMania... Dominic beats Ray, retiring his dad, taking the mask and carrying on the Mysterio legacy. That's, I, I like that. I like that. Or, again, uh, Vince Brissot S. Dominic was only pretending to be with Seth Rollins and his crew <laughs> to then turn back on them with Ray. 
Yeah, Whoa. and then at Mania, it's a tag team match and they just win happily ever after. That's also a possibility, the double turn. i tell you what, uh, one match that I've kind of really lost interest in, Braun Strowman, who is the Universal Champion, taking on Bray, The Fiend, uh, Wyatt. I mean, I was all for strapping the rocket to the uh, Bray Wyatt with this whole thing. Uh, as a casual fan at best with WWE at the moment, I guess, I don't know, I've lost interest. I feel like he's lost a little bit of momentum. Maybe, I don't know if putting the title back on him is necessarily going to change anything. I don't know. Where do we go from here, Simon? This one, I don't know. I don't know how to book this or what I even predict will happen. I like both these guys. Um, this is now a false count anywhere match. Mm. Is there a big twist coming? Um, the only prediction sort of that we've had during the week on the wide world of wrestling was that Alexa Bliss has mm. to be involved. Yeah. Does she help Bray Wyatt win the championship? Or... Does she help Braun Strowman win the championship? And we now have an evil um, sort of partnership with, you know, Little Big or whatever their team name was called on that tag team show that no one remembers. Um, but I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, the mixed tag challenge. That's the one. Um, Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss are sort of this evil combo is fun. And then Bray Wyatt can be positioned sort of as a, a tweener or even a face, you know, sort of like The Undertaker where he might be this supernatural character, but everybody loves him. So there may be something there. But then what happens is Alexa Bliss gets pregnant and they <laughs> don't know if it's Braun or if it's Braze and they battle over that. And the baby is Eric Rowan when he <laughs> returns one day. Um, although, actually, I'm, I'm not going to claim that this was my idea. I heard this on the Masked Man show. Um, they predicted it. But Braun Strowman being world champion as a heel is great because it then sets up the return of Roman Reigns mm. to dethrone Braun at WrestleMania. Because let's not forget, legitimately, and I will you know, say this too, I think Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns have had some of the best matches of the past few years, especially like that big man main event style. To do it for the title on the biggest stage at Mania doing it properly with the crowd hating Braun and loving Roman, I think would be great. And I think that's sort of a, a real WrestleMania main event. You know, it looks like it. Big dog is back. <laughs> I'm all for Roman Reigns coming back. I hope yeah. he returns at SummerSlam. Uh, I've just Googled it. Um, for Australians uh, listening, uh, 9am Australian Eastern Standard Time. If you warm up your WWE network or if you purchase uh, the WWE network, I think in Australia here it converts over to about uh, 13 or $12. There I am shilling out for the uh, for the man, Vince McMahon and his WWE network. But SummerSlam 2020, uh, like always a staple with uh, WWE, was talking with Rose a little bit earlier in the week about your uh, top fives or your top fours. We kind of ranked this as a three behind Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, but for a long while there was the number two one. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, check out SummerSlam. But uh, as always, uh, Simon, you've got uh, two other wrestling podcasts which uh, are doing fantastically well, especially the Relive of the War. Uh, just recently signed to Grey Wolf uh, Network. Uh, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so Reliving the Warts, myself and Nimzazor, who I worked with for years on the wide world of wrestling, he's sort of part of that team still. So Reliving the War is two guys in their 30s re-watching every pay-per-view from the Monday Night War era. So WCW and WWE were going back and forth, comparing the shows month to month. How do they stack up? Do they still live up to our nostalgia? And is there anything worth 
still watching and reliving. And it's been good. We're only a couple of months in and I've been surprised by what I still enjoyed compared to what I thought was good you know, when I was 10 years old. Simon Tackler, one half of the Wild Water Wrestling Podcast and reliving the War on the Grey Wolf Network. Make sure to check those out. Give them the hits and subscribe and all that good stuff. Until next time, we'll pencil in Survivor Series or Royal Rumble probably. Yep, if I'm, uh, yeah, if I'm still kicking here in Victoria, sure. Let's uh, recap a show in a few months. We'll talk about Survivor Series. Wrestling Source Radio. It is SummerSlam Super Duper Fest here at uh, Wrestling Source Radio, Coast of Fame 963. And joining me again for 2020, I feel like it's been a long time between drinks. It is one yeah. half of the PWA commentary team. It is Andrew Rose. Rose, hello and welcome. Hello, sir. Great to have, uh, great to be back on your show. It has been quite a while but um yeah great to be here SummerSlam, baby the second biggest show of the year or third if you're a rumble i guess well that's the first thing i was going to ask you um on your top five or the big four or big five that's wwe mm-hmm. call them uh, where does SummerSlam rank for you because i was thinking this in my head just before we started recording um that it was number two to wrestlemania but then i thought no the royal rumble would be number two maybe SummerSlam's number three or is SummerSlam well, number two Mm, that's a good question. Well, for me, number one is payback. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, no, number one would have to be, of course, WrestleMania. I think number two was was SummerSlam for a very long time because mm. it was almost like the Winter Olympics of wrestling. It was in yeah. the other half of the year. You're as far away from WrestleMania as you can be. It's summer in America, very festive, very fun. But I think the enjoyment the stakes and just the spectacle of the royal rumble over time Mm. has taken over SummerSlam for a lot of fans so i think you could probably say wrestlemania and then SummerSlam is one and two for prestige but i think for fans iconicness it goes wrestlemania rumble SummerSlam payback now (laughs) (laughs) no not going to include survivor series no well, guys, we're only a week away from payback, guys. Get excited. <laughs> um, no, Summer, Survivor Series is good. I think Money in the Bank has a pretty good argument for number four now. I think Money in the Bank means more than Survivor Series these days. Ooh, that's a big call there. But I think it's, mm. uh, yeah, there's a call for Because I guess the uh, someone winning or that uh, briefcase and knowing that they'll eventually cash in on either that night, potentially, or I guess later on down the track, as opposed to the old-fashioned eight-man tag team elimination type of style, which I don't think they've really done in quite some time. If they do, it's usually just one match for the whole yeah, pay-per-view. It's kind of like the equivalent between a draft pick and an all-star game. An all-star game's fun. You've got a bunch of the people you know all wrestling each other at a Survivor Series. But... The, the, the money in the bank is your draft pick. Like the, the person that wins that briefcase could be the next big thing. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's a, it's a, I just feel like there's a weight to money in the bank that I think as time goes on will become an even bigger thing. Yeah. Just ask uh, Baron Corbin, but uh, SummerSlam, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is your first SummerSlam uh, memory uh, as a young wrestling fan, Rose? That's a good question. My first memory. Oh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've got a list here of some of the SummerSlams I like. Mm. I reckon SummerSlam 98 is pretty close. Uh, I would have been in year eight. I don't think it's my first SummerSlam memory, but looking at some of these matches, they stick in my mind. Like, this was the Triple H versus Rock in the ladder match. Yeah, right. The championship. And Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker for the WWF Championship. Um, and that had that amazing uh, Highway to Hell promo uh, going into it. So, for me... I guess the attitude era was when I was growing up. So that SummerSlam sticks out, but I don't know if that's necessarily the first thing I ever saw. 
the one I usually just go to um, because I guess it was the peak sort of attitude era or I guess WWE and their dominance over uh, then WCW, SummerSlam 2000. Basically, I think uh, mainly known for TLC1 with the uh, Harley Boys, uh, Dudleys, Edge and Christian with uh, the tables, ladders and chairs, which is phenomenal, but also the uh, the love triangle between Kurt Angle, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon. Um, and I was... Super excited to see Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a match um, prior to this. I go through any archive footage of the WWE mm. Network back then. But uh, seeing him take on Taz and Jim Ross uh, smash the glass uh, of jars and lollies over um, Taz's head. <laughs> Here's how stacked SummerSlam 2000 was. In, mm. On top of all that stuff you just said, the TLC match, the main event with Rock Triple H, Kurt Angle, you had Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho in a two out of three falls match. Yep. You had China winning the Intercontinental Championship. And then you had that crazy uh, Steve Blackburn versus Shane McMahon yes. hardcore match where he fell off the Titantron backwards, the straight backfall off the yeah. Titantron. Basically, that, Shane, we need to fall off something nuts. big. <laughs> I mean, that could have been like the real beginning of that iconic Shane jumps off stuff. I think it would have to be close. It, it definitely does. I remember that being one of the first ones that I saw as a young kid. For sure, yeah. that's the biggest fall. And I guess sort of going back, um, you mentioned uh, SummerSlam uh, 98, uh, 99, obviously uh, Mick Foley winning the uh, the WWF title uh, with a mm. then Jesse the Body Ventura, who was governor at the time, being a referee. Mm. That was a pretty big deal. And a little bit of a, uh, I guess, sort of like establishing Triple H as the then um, big bad heel guy because he was kind of in that mid card. Is he going to be? Is he not going to be? And he was kind of established around that, t- that time. Here's something interesting about SummerSlam, because if you think about WrestleMania, right? Like, I know that every WrestleMania, that they like to have that one match that continues on to another pay-per-view, but the majority of stuff that happens in WrestleMania is done and done, right? It's mm. the end of the story. It's the blow-off. And SummerSlam can be similar, but you had this potential at SummerSlam to work forwards towards WrestleMania. So you yeah. can actually start a monumental six-month-long storyline in SummerSlam like we remember happening when Daniel Bryan won the title of John Cena and then Triple H, right? Yeah. Knocking him down. Yeah, he took the words right out of my, out of my mouth, uh, Meatloaf. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I was just <laughs> going to say there, um, yeah, that was basically the start of Daniel Bryan's um, big push-unpush, I guess you could say. The iconic authority angle pretty much started that night, so that's a good example of how SummerSlam, weirdly, even though it's six months before WrestleMania, can be a setup for those huge... Massive storylines. And remember, that was going into WrestleMania 30. Mm. It had to be big. Go back to 1988. I wasn't even born yet. I'm an 89 baby. But uh, SummerSlam, the very first one, uh, which I believe was the mm. main event, was Andre the Giant, Ted DiBiase, the Megabucks taking on Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. They were the Mega the Powers. Powers. Oh, the, the Mega, mega Powers. Powers. That's right. <laughs> and they had the special handshake and everything. And they did it like that. And the Duck mm. bikini with uh, Miss Liz. But and Miss Elizabeth, you, yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I oh, uh, took the cake uh, with that show. It was at Madison Square Garden. Obviously, like the Holy Grail 
for wrestling fans and obviously sport fans. But uh, the first match, Intercontinental title, Honky Tonk Man beaten in record time by the Ultimate Warrior to win his first Intercontinental title. I'm a big Ultimate Warrior, Mark. What say you, Rose? Uh, I was never a huge Ultimate Warrior guy. He kind of freaked me out whenever he sprinted to the ring. I was like, mm. what's, he, what's he in a rush? Where's he going? Is he running late? Has he got a train? It was, <laughs> it was uncomfortable when he'd run to the ring and shake the ropes. I don't like being around people that manic. But I was never a huge Warrior guy. But that match was so iconic. I remember when you were a kid and you first find wrestling, you go back. Because I would have been four when mm. this happened, SummerSlam 1988. And... You remember, you go back, right? You go the, back in the day, I had a blockbuster right in my house. You'd go, you'd rent video easing, yeah. videos. I'd always rent three videos. I'd rent a new release, a wrestling video, and a Jackie Chan video. That was oh, me Jackie as a Chan. teenager. Yeah, yeah, I was a big Jackie Chan kid. So I went through all his, all his collection. Uh, Armor of God, best movie. Everyone should go watch it. What was interesting about this was Honky Top Man, I think he was the record holder, right, for this title yeah. reign. This was like yeah. the longest title reign in Intercontinental Championship history, which I think a lot of people forget, like, how awesome Honky Tonk Man was mm. as the champ, as his obnoxious country music singer. And then just that, just the impact of that was so huge. And here's an interesting point. That is another kind of trope that you see every couple of years in SummerSlam, which is the shock. Mm. The shock SummerSlam main event because... Everyone expects SummerSlam to be this huge kind of almost WrestleMania, but they can take those chances like Ultimate Warrior beating Honky Top Man almost instantly. And was it SummerSlam where Randy Orton was like mauled by Brock Lesnar? Was that SummerSlam? I believe it, yeah, where he like he beat him to a bloody pulp. Yeah, I think that was like 2016 or 2015. Yeah. Cut his head open and murdered him. And, yeah. and didn't the same thing happen to Cena? At SummerSlam? Was that SummerSlam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brock Lesnar absolutely destroyed him. That's, I think, began Brock Lesnar's then uh, long title reign, yeah. So there you go. That, that main event would make people furious at WrestleMania because it's the biggest show you've got to put on the match. But at SummerSlam, you can get away with those shock. Oh, my mm. God. What just happened moments. Uh, and I think that's a good example. And moving forward with uh, 1992, the first time that SummerSlam had basically gone outside of the United States to Wembley Stadium in uh, England, yeah. uh, main evented Bret Hart and obviously hometown hero, the British Bulldog. An IC title match headlining a SummerSlam. I mean, that sounds like something that would be unheard of, but obviously given that the British Bulldog was involved in it and it was over in England, makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it, this is interesting because in a world like New Japan, the Intercontinental title was considered almost as prestigious as the main title. They're quite yeah. close to each other. So in New Japan, if an Intercontinental title headlined an event, no one would blink an eye. They would be, they would be 100% justified. In fact, One Wrestle Kingdom, Nakamura with the Intercontinental title, headlined their biggest show over the world title. So that's how important that title can be. The fans Much to the chagrin of your guy, uh, Naito. Naito, well, see, he was a different guy back then. That's a different era. That was not the Naito I know and love now, and I still pledge my allegiance to Los Angeles Nablis. De Hapon. Damn you in the hell, evil. Damn you all the hell. You are truly evil. I, I, I see this as a, a great moment because they gave the prestige to that title, and it was perfect timing with that stadium. I mean, that, it, it just randomly came on the other day when we were watching, the, I had some mates over watching the uh, wrestling show, and then I think, Afterwards, it was just showing a commercial and it showed that win by um, Davey Boy. And when he won that title and they panned that crowd, no camera can catch how many people are losing their minds at once. Mm. It is unbelievable how many people are in that arena. You don't see something like that even at like the Olympics or like yeah. when, when a, a team wins a championship title. That was one of the craziest reactions you're ever going to see in wrestling. And for it to be on the Intercontinental title, I'm, I'm proud of that. 
to see that because I think that title deserves that. I tell you what, I reckon the WWE, they need to bring SummerSlam over here to Australia and they can call it Winter Slam. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. The, the one issue I see with them ever doing a legitimate pay-per-view like a SummerSlam stuff outside of America or Canada is the time difference. Yeah. Like you can get away with it if it's a Saudi Arabia show or a super showdown or whatever, but do you know how furious American wrestling fans would be if they had to get up at like three in the morning to watch SummerSlam? Yeah, stuff them. So mad. Yeah, I agree. Stuff them. <laughs> but unfortunately, ratings on American television represent how everyone in the world watches wrestling now. So that's just You're that's right, just I, the way it is. I follow Brian Alvarez, and I get my weekly oh my AEWV God. NXT um, ratings. Oh, yes, absolutely. Hurts um, my brain. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but that show hurts my brain. Oh um, my AEW or Brian Alvarez. Brian Alvarez. I mean, I, the guy's the guy is smart. I like I like all wrestling. I watch all of it. I watch AEW. But man, come on, dude! Like <laughs> you, you party with guys from one of the company. You can't be an unbiased view when you party with them. <laughs> yeah, it does seem know. a little bit uh, sus. But um, I guess uh, with all things SummerSlam from '92, I guess the next sort of big one. I guess you could possibly say 1997, I guess more for fans. It's the night that uh, Owen Hart broke Stone Cold Steve Austin's neck. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was SummerSlam. Yeah, Owen Hart. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was a kiss my ass match. So obviously Stone Cold couldn't lose because can you imagine if they panicked in the ring and they were just like, all right, I'm going to beat him because um, he has a broken neck. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the guy that was basically the face of the Attitude Era and which would bring WWE uh, out of uh, basically the hole they were in uh, versus WCW, if that was never to happen. Yeah, well, I'll tell you right now how they would have called that on the fly. If, that, if, if, he, if he was so hurt that he would have to lose, they would, I guarantee you Stone Cold would find the energy to stand up, flip the fingers and do a stunner on whoever's ass he had to kick and then mm. fall out of that ring. They wouldn't have let him, they wouldn't have done it. I mean, obviously they went out there. They, you know, you know, breaking the fourth wall here, Rose. They, that that was the result. It's like Steve's got to win, but it's like he's got a broken neck, and just you know, I mean, wrestling fans have heard the story a thousand times. You know, the pins and needles and the, the fingers and the legs, and could slowly start to roll and does one of the worst rolls up roll ups in uh, wrestling history to get the one two three and, mm. uh, but. Yeah, and I for a, for a long time I was I wouldn't say I wasn't a big Stone Cold Steve Austin fan, but I guess I just didn't I didn't appreciate what I had at the time, given you know his uh, time in WCW, then the the ECW stint with the classic promos that would then uh, would then shape the Stone Cold character, um, but then sort of watching you know documentaries about things like when he broke his neck and you know his height to fame made me appreciate him a lot more, and just to think mm. you know this this neck injury was worse than what it really was. That that may never have happened. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, man. I was never a, a, a 316 guy. I never had a guy growing up. I just mm. liked all of them. Yeah, hindsight's 2020. It's the same thing as like when Daniel Bryan has to, has to retire, Edge had to suddenly retire. Mm. I mean, the Edge one like stuffed me up because I'd watched him the night before wrestle at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I was like, and he's like, I'm done. And I'm like, what? No. It can't be done. It can't be done. It can't be done. <laughs> he's done. Daniel Bryan said, I'm done. Paige, I'm done. Uh, uh, wait, I was enjoying that story. What's good? Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, you look back at the, you know, the one last match, the OLM on his jacket at that last WrestleMania and all that stuff. And it's interesting to see that narrative. But 100% that 
But it's the same thing in everything, like music and stuff. You never realise how prolific an artist is until they've gone. We will take Foo Fighters for granted until they stop being a band. And then they'll be remembered as one of the greatest rock bands of all time. They are the greatest rock band of all time, in my opinion. Um, I mean, yeah, they could do, do a three-hour argument. set. Valid argument. <laughs> a very valid argument. You think and my I, Brian Alvarez comment was controversial? How about this one? He's yeah. more talented than Kurt Cobain ever was. Brian Alvarez? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, David Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Crow. Yeah, Brian Alvarez is is more talented than Kurt Cobain ever was. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna cut that up and tag into him, and we'll uh, see how we yeah. go, Rose. What do you reckon? Yeah, this guy in Australia is saying I'm like Kurt Cobain. I mean, I don't get. It. Is it? How's my Alvarez? Um, this is probably a controversial one, but it's probably the one of the funnier Nirvana jokes I heard. Um, what was the last thing that uh, Courtney Love oh, said to Kurt Cobain? What hole's gonna be huge? Oh my god! <laughs> boom boom! Uh, all right, uh, SummerSlam 2001. Now, uh, most people love to complain, yours uh, truly, about the now very botched uh, invasion angle that just didn't really go that well. But I think beforehand they had SummerSlam, and the theme music for SummerSlam 2001 was Drowning Pool. Let oh. the bodies hit the floor. Gonna get that on right now, and then we'll. Uh, We'll wrap up some SummerSlam thoughts and uh, we're going to play a game called uh, Wiki Hole Rose. Uh, do you accept? I get. I mean, I guess. You're about to, you're about to play Let the Bodies Hit the Floor and you challenged me. I can't <laughs> say no. <laughs> we're going to call it Wrestling Wiki Hole. Find out what it is after this. Wrestling Source Radio. And we are back. Wrestling Source Radio, Coast of Fam 963. I'm calling it the SummerSlam Super Duper Fest. Uh, and joining me right now is one half of the PWA Pro Wrestling Australia commentary team. It is Rose and uh, SummerSlam. We just came off Let the Bodies Hit the Floor there. Uh, oh, 2001 what a SummerSlam. Song. I just wanted to, I just, I just started picking up chairs in my room and just yeah. throwing them against the wall. It just, that song just makes me want to go. You know what I mean? I was just going to say in your intro for SummerSlam, you didn't say the word Thunderdome once. Oh yeah. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's kill that off. Uh, Thunderdome. Uh, they, they, they've, they did that. They've just done that on uh, SmackDown. Uh, I'm mm. not sure. I'm still reading reports if anyone has got their, uh, um, you know, their private parts out. Um, but essentially <laughs> we, we've got, we've, we've got faces. So instead of having cardboard cutouts, we have actual live feeds of people watching the show. Yeah. Do you, do you want some origin of where this idea's come from? Absolutely. Can I give it to you? So I'm a huge basketball fan and the NBA is in the playoffs right now. And what they did when the pandemic hit, they were in the middle of their season. We're supposed to start a new basketball season in a couple of months and we're still in the playoffs for last season. So what they did is they put everyone into a bubble at Disneyland in Orlando. All the teams are in Disneyland, locked down. Everyone who works there is locked down, checked. It's all safe. And they're playing all their games there. And they've built this arena with a basketball court and around it is video screens all the way around the court with fans that you can um, enter and they have like digital seats. So it looks like crowds in seats. Mm. And even, you know, one of the great tropes of basketball is when someone's shooting a free throw, the crowd behind the ring can wave their hands to put him off. They're doing that on the video screens. It's fantastic. And it's been such a huge hit. You can actually get an app and tap to cheer and the cheering on the TV will go up and down by people tapping at home. It is an incredible concept that's worked really well. And I think WWE has seen that, realised... We're not getting crowds back for a while. Mm. Also, we've been at the Performance Centre for six... You can believe it's been six months they've it's been crazy. doing television from there. Crazy. They just had one of the most profitable quarters in history because they haven't been touring at all. So let's invest back into our fan interaction. And they've gone... What the NBA have done 
and obviously they're going to vincify it. They're going to just times it by a thousand. So what you're seeing is rows and rows of video screens in the seats going up of the arena. You, it's essentially been built like the intro to SmackDown video. You know, that long curling screens and it spins yeah. around with a crowd. You know, they've built that. That's what it is. It's incredible. And I think this is going to be, this is one of the most interesting times for wrestling. And uh, I'm really interested to, interested to see how the Thunderdome concept works. But here's the most important thing. The contract is a three-month contract with this centre, the Amway centre. Mm-hmm. And part of the contract is no fans. So we can guarantee there'll be no fans in WWE till at least November. Wow. So it's going to be a while. So that's why they are going all out with this. And we're just hearing news now that AEW are going to start taking fans. And that's a good example of two companies approaching it different ways. They did a little test with it, I think, uh, a few days ago, obviously on Friday Night Smackdown. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're going to, obviously, I guess they're going to dial this up to 11, uh, I guess, for SummerSlam, you'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's that, this is their home now. They've got SmackDown, SummerSlam and Raw this weekend. Uh, going forward for the next two or three months, remember, we've got another pay-per-view in a week after SummerSlam. We've got payback next weekend. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this new fan interaction goes. I, I think it's great. I, I'm, I, for one, am probably going to enter because I'd like to be at a Raw for once, even if it is on a video screen. I haven't done as much research uh, as you have into this. Do you have to pay or is it free? Apparently not. It's like a lottery. So uh, I think you go to – I think it's – www.thunderdome.com or something like that. If you Google it, you'll find it. Mm. And you can enter a lottery, kind of essentially a lottery. But I think there will be plenty of screening. And I imagine uh, if you do anything stupid, you're gone permanently. And also I think there'll be a delay. So you'll, <laughs> you'll probably get a feed. They do that in the basketball. The feed, the people watching the feed on the game are reacting in real time. So when a basket's hit about a second and a half, two seconds later, they all react and cheer. So it is in real time. And they will do that, but they're going to have to delay when we see it in case yeah. 20 people get their dicks out at once or something like that. <laughs> it's or all like, of AEW show up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the uh, the radio, uh, again, breaking fourth wall for the listeners, uh, the dump button, um, which Kyle and Jackie I, I, I like to use a lot. Yeah, the dump button. I mean, there'll be, there'll be someone full-time finger on that. But I'm interested to see what would happen. Wouldn't it be great if, like, an Enzo shows up or something? Like... They could do some interesting things with those video screens, you know. Someone will definitely try and troll. It'll be funny. Absolutely. Uh, uh, WWE Thunderdome. Um, I'm just going to be disappointed <laughs> if uh, Tina Turner doesn't rock up and sing um, theme oh. song from uh, Mac, uh, Mad Max 2. We don't need another Holy hero. Holy shit, dude. That's a great idea. We need someone to sing the anthem, right? Absolutely we do. Get Tina Turner out there in the spiky shoulder pads and everything. Yeah. yeah. That'd and be great. And I mean, obviously, us Aussies, we love Tina Turner because we made her famous again. Um, but uh, I don't know how uh, over in America how she's received at the moment. Um, but I mean, obviously, Nutbush City Limits, that always gets the girls on the, the dance floor, especially at weddings. Um, so God. WWE, get um, Tina Turner for the Mad Max you know how, song. That song is so ingrained in my head the moment you said it. The song started in my head and I felt like I should start doing the dance moves. That's how yeah. ingrained it was in my Nutbush head. Nutbush or uh, We Don't Need Another Hero? N- Nutbush. <laughs> I don't think I've ever danced and we don't need another hero. It's but you got, the, you got the choir, so you could get some choir on board for it as That'd well. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I know, I definitely think Tina Turner should be there. 
This is booking 101, guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I tell you what, though, um, I just wrapped up uh, watching SummerSlam 2005, Rose. Now, that was main evented by Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels. And uh, looking at this card, I I didn't realise how loaded this show was. So from top to bottom, no, let's go from bottom to top. Uh, We had Chris Benoit, Orlando Jordan, United States title. You had Matt Hardy and Edge, which was just fresh off the actual Edge having an affair with Lita or vice versa. I don't know how you how you slice that. Uh, we, all, <laughs> we also had uh, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio with uh, was it uh, Dominic uh, above? The, well, not him, but um, I guess the ownership of Dominic, or what do you call it? The uh, custody yeah, yeah, of yeah, Dominic, custody. yeah, above the ring uh, in a ladder match. Also had uh, John Cena, Chris Jericho, Batista, JBL. Uh, I'm probably missing a couple there, but obviously main evented by Shawn Michaels and uh, Hulk Hogan. And I just remember, I haven't seen this event in full for quite some time. And I just was remember... Is this Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan? Like this American... Is Hulk, this is, yeah, Hulk red Hogan. and yellow Hulk Hogan. And yeah, uh, wow. a very overselling <laughs> HBK. He basically was doing flips and basically... So HBK. <laughs> but more so, uh, I think there was some, uh, maybe some, I think HBK potentially was disgruntled backstage with the oh, politics no. of wrestling. That and, doesn't um, sound like HBK at all, that he would make a mockery of a match because no, he's unhappy with backstage know, politics. Shh, hush, hush those words there. <laughs> no, that would never a great name of Shawn Michaels, but um, when, when he does the big boot, basically gets back up, does a flip, <laughs> and falls back down to take the leg drop. Um, but overall, the match was okay. I thought, because I didn't want to watch it because I thought he was selling overly too much. I mean, there's a few spots where he does oversell, but um, uh, I interesting main event. That SummerSlam, I actually watched with mates who aren't wrestling fans. Right. That's really interesting. Now, you just sparked that memory in me. And that's the only wrestling pay-per-view I think I've ever watched. Maybe a WrestleMania with someone who isn't a wrestling fan because everyone was talking about how Hulk Hogan was back. So all yeah. my schoolmates are like, hey, Rose, you like wrestling? Like, yeah, oh, let's do a gathering at my house and we'll watch, watch that match. And I was like, yeah. And so the whole day I was just like, you know, who's that? Who's that guy? And I'm like, oh, that's Matt Hardy. Like the whole, the, the whole time. And then, yeah, they were so pumped at, at, at the main event. It was, uh, I remember that, that's just the reach that Hulk Hogan had. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people like to give Hulk Hogan, especially within the wrestling world, but, I mean, you're sort of pop culture people. Like, oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan, you know, he's great. Um, but, I mean, you know, for the wrestler and the pull that he had, especially going from the 80s until, I guess, this time, which was 2005, people responded and people, I guess, were paying money and tickets to see him. Oh, he was a mainstream star. And I think the only person that comes close to that in WWE right now is Brock Lesnar. He's the only other guy I can think of that people that don't watch wrestling will tune into wrestling to watch him play because of his notoriety outside of it. Yeah, I agree. But I'd have to say The Rock would have to be up there for sure, right? I think he's a movie guy now. Yeah, you do. I, I don't yeah, even that, classify yeah. him anymore. Like, when's the last time he wrestled? Oh, it would have been WrestleMania 32, which was like a surprise, I think. I want to say. That's right. Like, he like rock bottomed Rowan in like a yeah. minute. Huh? Yeah. I mean, he's so a, you're going to sit for the rock. You're, we're not going to say the rock, uh, rock up at SummerSlam. No, no, no. <laughs> I, that's definitely not it for the rock. That's definitely not it for the rock. He, he's third generation. He'll never leave, but I don't really consider him a wrestler anymore. Like he, he's a, he's the biggest movie star in the world. Right? He's the Arnold so, Schwarzenegger of uh, the new generation. Yeah. And funnily enough, Arnold Schwarzenegger was almost a wrestler. So, you know, it's oh, yeah. something about, yeah, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. He was very close to doing it if he didn't become such a big, uh, famous actor. I believe he was good mates with Bruno that? Sammartino. He was. Uh, I'm the WWE champion. WWE champion. Ah, guitar, 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 guitar. 
That yeah. Triple H, I crush you. <laughs> like, it'd be great. I wish, I wish that happened. That would be or it could just be like Conan the Barbarian only had a few lines. I yeah. would be back. He, he would have had Heyman as manager for sure. It would have been Heyman and Schwarzenegger. Ladies and gentlemen, my client, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that was really bad, uh, Paulie, but... Um, that yeah. was pretty good. Can I give you a SummerSlam? Can I Absolutely. give you a line? Yeah, okay. SummerSlam 2011. I know yeah. a lot of wrestling fans will just jump up at the mention of this one because it, the whole card wasn't necessarily that great. But mm. two of the matches on this card alone make it a pretty iconic um, SummerSlam. One was the end of the Christian versus Randy Orton feud. Mm-hmm. for the world championship, which I just think was just a, some of the most consistent wrestling in a feud I've ever seen. Like, I just loved tuning in every time those two guys fought for that time. Yeah. It was just the best. And then we had the rematch between CM Punk and John Cena for the undisputed WWE championship. This was right in the middle of the summer of Punk, and this so is right. when they were both holding the belts, right? They both had a belt. This is up the, had, the iconic uh, shoot, non-shoot, or whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, this was after Cena, This was after Punk had left, and they had the interim title, which Ray won, and then C- I think Cena, Cena won it off Ray, and, mm-hmm. then, and then CM Punk returned with the new music, the, the, the CM Punk we know now. So this was the big blow-off to this feud, and I think although the Money in the Bank match is iconic for many obvious reasons, I still think that SummerSlam, just because of those two matches, make it worth watching, I think. Did you love it when Kevin Nash came in and um, beat up CM no. Punk? <laughs> no, I did not. And then Alberto Del Rio cashed in. <laughs> oh, that was that was cool though. <laughs> like I, I was a big it's Alberto. It's my destiny guy. to be WWE I, champion. I loved him. Um, another CM Punk one was SummerSlam 2013, mm. uh, which was the Brock Lesnar CM Punk match. Yeah, uh, and we've already kind of talked about the Daniel Bryan versus John Cena one as well, but. I'll tell you what I did like, though, was the promo that CM Punk did, I think, the night after Summer, uh, SummerSlam 2013. I think you just said there uh, on Raw, it basically said, you know, I'm, I'm still standing. I've been beat up, but I'm still standing. Uh, only until, I think, the Royal Rumble, then he uh, hightailed it out of there. I love that. I do love that, if you think about that statement, though, that Brock Lesnar is such a naturally dangerous person, inside or outside of wrestling. He's just a freak of nature. That it is a compliment to survive a beating from him. Like... I didn't die to the hands of Brock Lesnar and everyone claps. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Good job. That's crazy to me. Like, that's how dangerous that man is. Uh, As they say in the biz, we've gone a bit long here, so we're going to have a quick break. But when we come back, we are going to do wrestling wiki hole SummerSlam version. Yeah. So you're on Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963. Wrestling Source Radio. And we're back. It is Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963. I'm calling it the Super Summer. No, I'm calling it the SummerSlam Super Fest. Thunderdome, bloody super show. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to yell it every time I hear it. Thunderdome! (laughs) And that is the illustrious voice of uh, PWA. It is one half of the commentary team. It is Rose, Andrew Rose. Now, we've been having an absolute ball talking about SummerSlam, and I I pitched you this idea. I uh, stole it from another podcast because there are no original ideas. It's, but I mean, the wiki hole, everyone does it. Yeah, you, you search, you, you want to, you either doctor Googling yourself or something, or mm. you want to find out a fact, and you go to the Wikipedia page, and then you just end up clicking on another link that's on that Wikipedia page, and then you click on another link, and you are, my friend, in 
the wiki hall. So I oh, thought, given it's SummerSlam, I want to do a wrestling edition. So let's do a SummerSlam edition of the wiki hall. What do you say? Okay. So how does this work? Do you choose the first wiki hole we go down, and then I choose? The, do we take turns at the wiki hole? Well, how does well, the wiki hole work? Yeah. So we're going to start on the SummerSlam Wikipedia page, and you know I'll start right. reading off what, what that says there. But uh, obviously, you're going to be following along with this on your phone or on your computer yeah. as well. I think you should go first because I've never played wiki hole. I've never even heard of wiki hole. This is all news to me. I thought you made it up. No, 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 I wish. I wish I was that original. No. But essentially, yeah, so, anything that has a link, if you want to explore the link, you just, you know, pipe up and say, hey, let's go down this link and see where we go. So like okay. I said, uh, it could either be really exciting or funny or it could just be an absolute um, Mess. great Carly great Carly of a match. Oh, well, either way, Thunderdome! <laughs> uh, I'm good to go. All right, if you want to follow along at home, uh, if you're on the Wikipedia um uh, page SummerSlam, not SummerSlam 2020, the uh, just the SummerSlam. So let's kick it off. So we've got SummerSlam is a professional wrestling pay-per-view event produced annually in August by professional wrestling promotion WWE. Dubbed as, Ooh. here you go, the biggest party of the summer, Rose. Yeah. I think that would uh, be right. Can you think of a bigger party in the summer? Uh, no, I can't actually. Actually, weren't they having one at Wuhan uh, in China not too long ago with a lot of people? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't call that a party. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We'll leave that there, I reckon. Um, SummerSlam, uh, one of the original big uh, pay, uh, big four pay-per-views. We're all talking about big four or big fives. Uh, you're looking forward to uh, payback, so... Um, yeah, yeah, that should be in there. <laughs> that being alongside WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survival Series, of course, uh, and considered WWE's second biggest event of the year behind WrestleMania. So oh, well, Wikipedia is saying it's, it's second. Yeah. Wiki- uh, who am I to argue with Wikipedia? They've said it's second, so it's second, sure. Yeah. And we did t- never lies. Absolutely. And we did touch on the uh, first SummerSlam. It took place in August 29, 1988 at Madison Square Garden, New York City, of course. And uh, that was a uh, broadcast via pay-per-view, baby. And from 2009 to 2014, SummerSlam was held at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. They, that's where they play Ooh. basketball. You're a big uh, basketball fan. You're Can we click on that? Uh, on the Staples Center? Yeah, I want to know more about the Staples Center. All right, we're clicking. So we're going down the wiki hole. We're going down the Staples Center. All right, Staples Center, officially stylized as Staples Center, is a multi-purpose <laughs> arena in downtown Los Angeles adjacent to the LA Live development, uh, whatever. I love this so, game. I can just click on anything and you have to read it. This is a great <laughs> game. Um, it, it is located next to the Los Angeles uh, Convention Center complex along, uh, how do you pronounce that street? Is it Fregorio Street? Okay, here we go. I've got, I've got a bit of info here. Let me jump ahead for you. The yeah. arena is the home venue to the Los Angeles Kings of the NHL Hockey League, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Los Angeles Sparks, all of the women of the women's national ball team, the Los Angeles Avengers of the Arena Football League, and the Los Angeles Defenders of the NBA D League. Uh, that is a lot of teams. Jeez, yeah, you know we struggle here to have one or two teams share one bloody ground as opposed to what fifty. Oh yeah, the Sydney Kings used to show up to the entertainment center and they hadn't unlocked the thing. There was just a guy who had to rush with keys. Oh sorry, guys, you got a game tonight. Yeah, open up the entertainment center. So they um, all have separate keys though. <laughs> oh, yeah. so which one is it? It's this one or is it that one? Oh yeah. Uh, Where are we up to? I've lo- I think I've lost my place here. So here we go. Here's an interesting fact: is the only arena. Uh, in the NBA, shared by two teams. So the only arena in the whole of basketball that has two teams playing in the same arena from the same league. Uh, The other stadium that does that is MetLife Stadium. The NFL, they host the New York Giants and the New York Jets. So that sports connection to wrestling and MetLife, another iconic wrestling brand. Um, I I have to ask to click, um, you said there was like a, a team called the Avengers, was there? 
hang on. Yes, the Los Angeles Avengers. All right, what is that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to click on that. What does it say? Well, they play in the Arena Football League. Would you like to know more about the Los Angeles Avengers or the Arena Football League? I'm already Football there. League? I'm, I'm one step ahead of you. The Los Angeles Avengers, um, where, uh, <laughs> where were an Arena Football League team, so they're non-existent. But Have you heard of Arena Football? No. So it's, it's, it's what it is. It's what you get on the packet. It's what is written there. It's, foot, it's NFL in an arena, so smaller ground. There's right. no outs on the sides. There's walls, so you slam into them like ice hockey, and it's like a really short, quick form of NFL that you can play indoors. It, there was actually a – there used to be the, the league, and then there was a women's league. Remember the, Do you remember the – what was it called? The lingerie league. They, back I, in the 90s, they'd have small NFL indoor grounds with women in lingerie playing football. I do say Isn't I think nuts? I did see that on uh, TV. Yeah, that was uh, entertaining. That would, uh, great, great that sport. Would never fly now. Absolutely <laughs> not. But, but, I was a huge fan. Kept up with all the stats. But these long, this team no longer exists because I'm reading here, so from 2003 to 2008, what happened then? Did they uh, lose funding or something? Or did they get moved? I they have get a moved, feeling. Get moved. I think I think I have a feeling. The fact that you've never heard of Arena Football League is why this team doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. don't think the sport was very popular. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm feeling. I'm feeling you. All right. So, what what, what other links have we got here that we can uh, go further down the wiki hole? See, this is the thing about uh, wiki hole, folks. You start with one subject and you Ooh. go down a completely different one. Okay. Uh, here we go. I have an answer for you. Just before we move on, the Avengers team announced the termination of their team in 2009 after nine years of appropriation. Uh, of operation. Mm-hmm. Four years later, it was announced that the Los Angeles Kiss Click. would join the <laughs> AFL starting in 2014, making them the fourth team to set up shop in the Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Kiss. Yes. Stylizes LA Kiss were a professional arena football team <laughs> based in Anaheim, California. Whoa! The team's ownership was a group of Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, members of the rock band KISS, as well as their manager, Doc McGee. Holy shit! KISS owned an arena football team? See, this is the wiki hole. How great is I've it? Already, I've already clicked on KISS. KISS is an American rock band from <laughs> New York City. <laughs> I love this game. By uh, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Peter Chris, and Ace Freely. Actually, while we're here, a bit of a sidebar. If you had to be, who are you? Were you the demon, the star child, or the space cadet? Uh, I always wanted cat? to be the cat because I was yeah. a drummer. Yeah. This is an interesting story. I don't know if I've told you this or, uh, or mentioned this on your podcast before, but that's how me and my co-host Chris Gale on PWA met. We've been best mates for twenty years, and. He was the head of a record label that my band signed to when I was 17. So we were in Sony Studios recording our first EP and there comes the boss, Chris, the owner of the record label, into the studio and sat down with us. And my favourite band of all time when I was a kid, first band I ever saw live, Kiss. I loved them. And they came up in a conversation. Chris went, I love Kiss. And I went, oh, me too. And we talked for an hour and a half about Kiss in that studio while we were just like listening to playbacks. We, put, we stop talking after an hour and a half. We look around. Everyone else has left the room. They've gone to lunch. And we're still talking about Kiss. So still to this day, Chris and I always say, uh, the birth of our unbreakable friendship was this yes. band, Kiss. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a story that's very I mean, universal with a lot of people, isn't it? Um, the face paint. Uh, they, they've, it's the Kiss army. It's literally an army because there's so many fans, right? Iconic. You can, you, you, there's so much merch for Kiss. You can actually buy a Kiss coffin. Now, you can be, you can be buried uh, in a Kiss coffin. I'll give you one other Kiss fact. 
uh, um, is that I had a mate who was the general manager for the Enmore Theatre in Sydney. You know the yeah. venue? Yep. <coughs> and Kiss played there once. Wow. And after the concert, everyone had left the building. Most of Kiss had left back to their hotels, but Gene Simmons was still there. And my mate Gus, who ran the venue, went backstage and saw Gene there. And Gene said, how you going, man? He goes, oh, I'm exhausted. That was a crazy night. And Gene goes, are you hungry? And he goes, yeah. And Gene goes, let me make you something. Gene microwaves my mate Gus a vegan lasagna in the microwave backstage at the end more, sits it down in front of Gus and does that weird thing where he watches Gus eat. Like he sits there and watches it. And so there's my mate Gus eating a vegetarian lasagna while Gene Simmons is staring at him going, it's good, right? It's good, right? Eat more. It's good. He said it was the most bizarre experience he's ever had in his life. But uh, what a great story. I have a good segue though. Yeah. We're on Kiss. Can mm-hmm. I can I break the wiki hole? We can come back to wrestling. The Kiss demon. Yes, is that of course. Yes, yeah, so is that is that down here somewhere? No doubt. Yeah, oh, it has to be. It sure. has to be. Okay. I'm just gonna go Kiss demon. I'm going to break the wiki rules and just yeah. type in Kiss Demon Wiki. Well, while you're typing that in, I was lucky enough to speak with uh, Andrew McManus, who uh, you potentially sort of might know through the, the music industry as a big yeah. uh, tourer and promoter. And obviously he, he did own WWA, which was World Wrestling All-Stars after WCW Ooh. went out of business. And he was actually talking to Doc McGee, the manager of Kiss, um, when WCW went out of business and said, oh, we should contact Ted and, you know, see how much they want for the contracts. And famously uh, wow. in the uh, archives of uh, Wrestling Source Bottle or Wrestling Source Radio, you can say he said he bought most of the contracts for a dollar. And I'm, and I'm like, wow, that was a bargain. But he's like, well, then, you know, had to uh, oblige all the commitments, therefore, after that. And hence how WWA was born. Can you imagine if Kiss bought WCW? How cool that would be that amazing. Would be? That would Kiss be amazing. Wrestling. I'm a, I'm, because you know me, I'm a, like, as much as I love WWE, I'm actually a really big WCW fan because I was a big Sting fan. So, sure, uh, sure. I'm, I'm going on big sort of uh, uh, marathons of old WCW, the good and the bad. Yeah, I, I, I would have loved Kiss to own WCW because can you imagine every, every Nitro ends with them playing a song? Like the mm. main event of every Nitro is Kiss playing one song with the fireworks, Ooh. the whole deal. Well, if you listen to Eric Bischoff's uh, podcast, 83 Weeks, the, the initial term or deal or idea was to have New Year's, New Year's Evil, where essentially uh, come 12 o'clock, you have Nitro, you have a match, have a, a Kiss song or like they do, they perform, vice versa, a wrestling match, and then the countdown to the new millennium. And that's where the Kiss Demon, I think, was originally going to debut or he was going to come out or something along those lines. And Dude. um you just gave me a crazy idea. Imagine an Iron Man match the hour before midnight of New Year's Eve. Mm. So the match yeah, so ends at midnight. Yeah, it's like an hour, and yeah, they, they wrestle till midnight. Well, I think so yeah, res- yeah. Yeah, WrestleMania a couple of years ago basically finished after midnight. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that was that the almost eight-hour one oh, uh, that they did. Can I just point out, we've just gone from SummerSlam to the Staples Center to the LA Avengers to the LA Kiss to the Band Kiss, and now we're at the Kiss Demon Dale Christian Torborg is his name. He's an American baseball trainer and former professional wrestler. He is the son of former Major League Baseball manager Jeff Torborg. No way. Yep. He is the conditioning coordinator for the team I go for, the Chicago White Sox. I did not know the Kiss Demon was just Jeff Torborg's kid. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yep. How crazy. This is the wiki hole, my friend. How great is it? 
He's had a whole. He he played first base. Uh, he was an actual baseball player. He played. Oh, he played in uh, lower leagues, the Kingsport Mets, and the Apple of the Appalachian League. What the hell is that? And he's also married to um, uh, then WCW performer Asia. Um, her real name. I'm trying to look for her real name. I think it, that was when uh, Russo was uh, in full swing, and obviously the WWE had China, uh, which was spelled uh, C H Y N A. Yeah. Uh, and then I think Asia was spelled a different type. It was like a similar way, like A-S-Y, whatever. Um, but oh, that like was A-S-E-A kind of like, or something. Yeah, yeah, it was like the kind of like um, the cheap kind of ripoff or make fun of type of thing. So uh, interesting you know, times, uh, 99, 2000 WCW. Isn't it? It's great. Did you know the demon character was originally supposed to be the beginning of a stable called the Warriors of Kiss, in Ooh. which the other original members of the band would have a wrestler representing their look and gimmick. So they'd eventually become a four-man team like the yeah. band so you had the demon was... star child cat and, and uh paul stanley he's a star child um space cadet is it spaceman yeah something space like man. that yeah yeah, yeah 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 um kiss was guaranteed that demon themed wrestler would wrestle a main event match with the contract they made with wcw that sounds like a wcw contract to me yeah, um this was supposed to happen at a special 1999 new year's eve pay-per-view go. against vampiro the pay-per-view oh. and the match were taken off the table, however, after Eric Bischoff lost his position in September 1999. And also because the workers at TBS or Turner Broadcast didn't want to work on New Year's Eve, those bastards. Well, I mean, I don't blame them. That would be an absolute <laughs> nightmare. In order to fulfil the contractual obligation after Eric Bischoff left, he was booked in a special main event match at Super Brawl in early 2000. Um, uncharacteristic for main event. <laughs> Yeah, uncharacteristic to main event matches. It was the fourth match on the card. <laughs> it saw Torborg face the wall, uh, which saw the wall win with a choke slam. So, <laughs> main event. I mean, could you argue that Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins going on first at WrestleMania is a main event first? Um, yeah, I can. I can. Uh, and I think sometimes if you want to start a show off hot, you start it off with a main event. But I don't think starting the show off hot with uh, the Kiss Demon and the Wall would have been the way to go. So hence why it was match number four and not the last or the first. You're not saying the Kiss Demon and the Wall could have started the show off with a bang? <laughs> Look... I've, I'm of the opinion there's a lot of things which didn't work in WCW which could have worked maybe if done differently, but hindsight being 2020 as we are in 2020, it's a lot easier mm. to be that, uh, what is it, uh, the couch seat quarter pack or the armchair quarter pack, the quarter pack, as oh, they yeah, say. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> but, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and there's, I think there's a lot of people, um, I mean, we're talking WCW 2000 and we compare to yeah, the WWE in 2000. You weren't able to touch the WWF at that time. They were just no, on, they on the, in their own in their own world, literally. I got some bad news for you, though. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the the demon character didn't go very well. Um, no, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. He got yeah. off to a rocky start. He lost to Terry Funk at his debut. Um, apparently, yeah, he's been You want to lose to the Funker, though, don't you? I mean, I, I think that's a that's a sign of respect. But apparently, it was because the bookers didn't like Bischoff. Um, uh, Torberg himself contends that, contends that the character was hurt because the Kiss concert to debut the Demon character was one of the lowest rated segments in the oh, history yeah, of WCW yeah. Nitro, um, which is surprising to me. 
And I think, um, yeah, Tony Schiavone did like the call in because he's actually a Kiss fan, I think. And there were, it was like he did like the hottest band in the world, Kiss. And I think there was like a mad delay because the, I don't know, they didn't have the right uh, headgear in to hear the cue or there was a bit of a delay. But I'm not saying that's the reason why it was the lowest rating, but um, didn't. Yeah. It's weird, but after that, he was um, changed to the demon and placed in a stable with Vampiro and the Insane Clown Posse called the Dark Carnival. Now, the Insane yeah. Clown Posse, often abbreviated at ICP, is an American hip hop yeah, duo. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you've got to stop me at some point, or I'm just going to keep clicking links. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm a big Clown Posse Insane Clown Posse fan. I've, uh, I know all, Are you? I know all two of their songs. No, um, I only know a few really? of their songs. Really? Are you, though? You're like you, because um, I don't think I've ever heard it. Like, listen to a full song. Um, no, I've got it. One off the WCW Mayhem album, which is Take It, which I think Vampiro actually used as a bit of a theme. Um, oh, pre, previous to using the Misfits, yes. Uh, and uh, in the archives, I have chat to Vampiro. Good guy. Uh, check that out in the archives if you can. I would. Um, I would yeah. One day, like to go to a Juggalo festival. Yeah, absolutely. So would I. A lot of people sort of. Um, I guess put their nose down at it, but I reckon it would be probably one of the more fun and funner, if that's a word, things to go to. You got wrestling, music. I definitely and think I definitely think the word funner is used a lot at the Juggalo festival. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, at the Juggalos, you can you know you can sort of paint your face kind of like Kiss, um, but like a clown. Yeah, they are. And I think you know if you want to go you know fully in this wiki hole, I'm not sure if it's an actual Wikipedia page, but you can actually Google what is my Juggalo name. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do that right now. I want to find out what my Juggalo name is. Because it is an interesting tie-in, isn't it? Because the, Kiss, their iconic thing was the face paint, and so mm-hmm. is Insane Clown Posse, but they're doing it in two different generations, two different styles of music, but yeah. almost the same kind of army following. Yeah, because Kiss they're, they're passionate supporters. Absolutely, absolutely. So what, what is my Juggalo, juggalo name? Yeah, is that, yeah, are you going to the rumandmonkey.com one? Uh, yeah, I'll go to the first one. The real Juggalo Juggalette name generator. Here we, uh, here go. We, here okay. we go. Here we go, folks. So what are you going to do here? Get your Juggalo name. Which generation do you belong to? Uh, I'm, why, a yeah, I'm a millennial. Why is before 1946 called the greatest generation? Who named that? I'm a millennial too. The boomers, clearly. No, oh, no, they're, the baby, no, they're, they're the previous now. Yeah. I didn't know I was a millennial. There you go. I'm just on the, I'm on the side. Okay, <laughs> what so, do you currently do in life? All right, so good options like, good question. I'm still trying to figure that out. I work what do you in do in life? I do not work in an office. Full-time student and rocking it. I'm a traveller. That's how working options. Yeah, I'm, I work in an office. So I'm going to go there. I do not work in an office. That's what I'm going to say. I wouldn't call PWA an office. Yeah. <laughs> what is your it's deepest? A war zone. What is your deepest desire? Inner and outer peace, a compassionate world, personal growth, finding true love, understanding other people. Or the I'm WWE say, Championship. <laughs> a, a compassionate world. That's going to be. Me. What is my deepest desire? Yeah. Inner and out of peace, no. A compassionate world, no. Personal growth, maybe. Finding true love, maybe. Understanding, I'm going to go with understanding other people because I feel okay, like that's yeah. all I do on, on social media is try and understand what the hell people are saying. <laughs> um, what would you say is your strongest quality? I'm a bit of a bright spark. Who says that? I'm Who says quick. that about themselves? Mm. I'm a bit of a bright spark. Ugh. Um, I'm always helping out. My life is a crazy explosion of shapes and colours. That's me. <laughs> I'm going to go um, with the kindness one, I think, yeah. Or maybe I know what I want. Confidence. Yeah, I'm going to go with confidence. What role do you play? Okay, so either we're going to find out our real juggalo name or we've just been spammed on uh, on Google. Yeah, so, uh, I, I feel like I'm giving all my information to the government right now. What <laughs> role do you play in your friendships? I like to make my friends laugh. 
that's what I'll do. I always, I always take the advice. I tend to be the peacemaker between friends. I offer support where I can. I'm usually the one to help them fix things. Hmm. Which one are you, mate? I reckon I'll try to make them laugh as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll try that's to be a funny guy. Yeah. How often do you work out? Well, I'm obviously mm. going with the first one. Work out, are you serious right yeah. now? Uh, <laughs> uh, every day, getting out of bed is enough workout for me. The people at the gym know me by name or fitness is life. <sighs> Which one are you? Uh, I did, um, yeah, I did, are you serious? What is fitness? I'm fitness? What is the difference between the people at the gym know me by name and fitness is life? It seems like the same thing. It might be dependent on how much pre-workout you take out, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what did you take? Why did you take this test? It looked like fun. I was bored. My friends encouraged me to do so. All of the above or I'm on a podcast. Um, mm. Which one? All my friends above. encouraged me to do so. <laughs> or I was bored. All of the above. Oh, right? there's, there's, the above. More, there's more questions. What do you Jesus dream about Christ. when you sleep? Oh, God. Uh, I really regret well, doing this now. I'm just gonna just this is actually a really good question, though. <laughs> What do you dream about when you sleep? I often dream that I am drowning, fighting or running away from war. I dream that I am flying, often dream of animals, people and relationships. My sister used to have a dream that Tom Cruise was on our front concrete porch vacuuming it when she came home from school one day. She'd have that mm. recurring dream. Really wow. cool. okay, yeah, I, I have ones where I'm walking down the stairs of my primary school, don't know why, or I'm late to business class. Really? That's interesting. Mm. Are you, maybe you're walking down the steps of your primary school that's a really vivid memory of yours that you did repeatedly, so it comes into your head. Yeah, I did actually repeat. Um, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, I don't know. I meant, like, <laughs> I meant you just did it every day. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, all right, you know what? The next one, though. Um, uh, if you were an animal, what would you be? A dog, I'd, I'd be a wolf, a tiger, a lion, jaguar, a gazelle, horse, giraffe, owl, falcon, eagle, or a dolphin? Yeah, no cat. No, I'd be a dog. I'll be able to get dog, yeah, dog wolf. Uh, this is do you crazy. have a bucket list? This is Yeah. Do you have a bucket list? No. Oh, oh, one more. Okay, so pick one. And when you get to the final question, it says pick one of the below. You are real jugglet, down ass juggalo or juggalo for life. I've got to say down ass juggalo. And now. Uh, I just want to correct you there. The first one is juggaho for life. Oh, is it? I thought even it was real jugglet. Oh, even they've, even they've, either they've misspelt the L or they're meant to say juggaho for life. Like, that's a thing. Really? I'm going to be down ass juggalo. Oh, yeah. it is, it is right. too. Yeah, it is a juggaho. Yeah, I can't read. Um, okay, right, so type in my name. My name. Are we just doing first name or last name as well? I'm, I put my full name in. All right, I got mine. All right. Uh, this me. is the new, we're going to be, we're going to be Insane Clown Posse 2020. We're going to be the new, like, you know when they brought NWO back? Yeah. Uh, my, my rapper name is Sugar Bear. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So Here we go. Uh, are, are you ready for this? Yep. All right. So uh, our posse, our insane clown posse. Uh, so you're uh, Sugar Bear accompanied to the ring by Big Money Hustler. Big Money Hustler and Sugar Bear. <laughs> ICP 2020. They're going for the SmackDown titles of SummerSlam. Will they win them? Tune in to find out. Live at the Thunderdome! <laughs> that has been hey. wiki hole kind of, even though we kind of deviated from the Wikipedia. Um, Dude, we I- killed it. We started a new rap group. <laughs> Come on. See, see how great. So that's why WikiHole is great. You start on one subject and you end up becoming um, registering or, you know, trying to find out your juggalo uh, name. Yeah, you better uh, clear your schedule, dude. We're going on tour soon. (laughs) After this COVID-19 stuff's cleared, we are going to hit the road. I consider myself a bit of a wordsmith. Uh, You've got the music background. Uh, I reckon we could make this work, Rose. Oh, sugar. 
Well, we'll write a whole album in lockdown. It'll be great. We'll we'll debut it at the Thunderdome when we debut our, our new tag team. It'll be great. Absolutely. But before we do wrap up, uh, being one half of the uh, PWA, Pro Wrestling Australia commentary team, PWA recently had a uh, pay-per-view. We call them pay-per-view streams on, yes. on OVO, um, Call to Arms. Yeah. That was a few weeks ago. That was a success. Um, there was a little bit of an issue with the stream, though, I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, when the stream first went live, OVO crashed. There were so many people trying to join the stream at once that the stream went down. And I think that's awesome. I mean, even though we were freaking out in the room, running around trying to get it fixed, mm. no one missed any part of the show. We just delayed it to start. Uh, in hindsight, when all the craziness ended and the show ended, we were all, all kind of pretty blown away by that. And it shows that a lot of people want to see wrestling right now. They want those distractions. And it, it made it feel to us like it was worth doing the show. Absolutely. That many people wanted to watch it. It was cool. Yeah. It was great. It was emotional. And obviously Coliseum, I believe that's a schedule for October. We've got two entrants, um, but uh, right. I mean, obviously COVID-19 restricting a lot of things that PWA can and can't do, but hopefully are we going to get a, a, an event before Coliseum or are we all roads to Coliseum at this point? Uh, I don't know uh, definitely what's happening, but I, I would suspect that uh, PWA would try and do something before uh, Coliseum for sure. So yeah, yeah, keep your eyes peeled on on PWA Facebook and Twitter and stuff because I think that they'll probably announce the next plans uh, pretty soon. I know that everyone, all the wrestlers are very keen to wrestle. I mean, it's all about that repetition and getting back into the flow of it. So the energy after that show a couple weeks ago was, was so great. I, it would be crazy for us to not continue trying to do stuff. So, and you've got to try and get back to normal life at some point, right? Absolutely. And like you said, uh, it's a different landscape and, you know, you guys could be sort of at least the first Australian sort of uh, wrestling company to, you know, be putting your toe on the water and getting stuff out there and hopefully it all goes ahead. Yeah, I, I think that's really cool. But uh, from what I've experienced inside PWA, that's definitely not a goal. I think uh, they would, I think we all just wanted to do a show. I think mm. It had been so long. It had been like three months and I know the wrestlers were really keen to get back to training and get back to growing and getting better and stuff because you know, we have the, the PWA Academy is incredible and, and people want to be there. So um, even though it was cool to be one of the first, I don't think that ever kind of played into the thought process. We didn't want to be that. We just wanted to do a show and we just so happened to be the first one. So uh, it's cool that it turned out that way. It's always a pleasure. Andrew Rose Rose, one half of the PWA commentary team. And we were talking SummerSlam, uh, Insane Clown Posse, Kiss and uh, what else? Mate, just the fact that I'm now known as Sugar Bear and uh, we're going to win the, the SmackDown Tag Titles as ICP 2020. I think we learned a little bit about uh, indoor arena football and why it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, we learned about Staples Arena. I mean, I feel smarter from going through that process. That was your cue to say Thunderdome. Oh, Thunderdome! <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, always a pleasure. Let's again, I always say this before we wrap up, let's not make uh, too long between drinks. Let's get you back on the show or each other's shows because I know uh, we're speaking off air about you potentially uh, doing something solo or something sporting yeah. wrestling related in the future. Yeah, I love wrestling. I, I don't think I'll ever be away from wrestling for too long. But, uh, yeah, the drive to do something is, is probably coming back pretty soon. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you in the loop. But uh, always a pleasure, brother. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for being here. Watch this space. Wrestling Source Radio.